0: Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, where we believe that feeling great and living a long time is possible, and that your healthcare should help you get there. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. My hope is simple, that this show will help you along your journey to becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most powerful version of you possible. Now, let's jump into the show before we jump into this episode of the podcast Zane Griggs and I are going to be diving into strength training, testosterone replacement therapy and fasting talking about the unbelievable impact each of these three uh, topics have on a health on your health journey especially as a man especially as a man over 40 but the magic that happens when you overlay these three strategically the non-linear compounding impact of focusing on just three things, how it touches every area of your life. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Future of Medicine podcast. I am your host, Dr. Wenzel. I am joined today by my dear friend and the director of performance and longevity here at Brentwood MD, Mr. Zane Griggs. Hey, Zane. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. I'm really excited about this episode. This is a topic that I... speak to my private members all the time about, and Zane, I know one-on-one we've talked about each one of these topics independently through our work, professionally through our work as my trainer and these concepts over the years have just developed and come to what I think is a pretty organized and simple and powerful way for men to think about making massive impact in their health by focusing on just three things. The title of this uh, podcast episode is Health Multipliers for Men. And I think just briefly before we jump in, a health multiplier is something that I refer to when I'm speaking of by focusing on one thing, you don't get one result. You focus on one thing and you get some multiple effect. So that would make it a pretty good thing to focus on. And what happens is when you get several of these things that are health multipliers and you start overlaying them on each other, you start getting exponential impact despite only adding one more thing because Mm -hmm. you get multiples. And so the first area, there are three areas that we're going to touch on. The first area that is a health multiplier for men has to be, the conversation has to start with strength training. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. In the context of this conversation, Zane, how would you talk to someone about the benefits of strength training? And I'm not talking about running on a treadmill. Right. I'm not talking about exercise in general. I'm talking about- Resistance training. Resistance training, getting to fatigue, destruction of the skeletal muscle system, and intentionally and strategically destroying. (laughs) Getting to fatigue. How, How would you describe, how would you talk about the benefits?
1: Well, for starters, it definitely improves insulin sensitivity, which is really, if you're talking about uh, long-term health, resistance to lifestyle disease, it begins with insulin sensitivity Mm -hmm. and uh, and with insulin resistance being the enemy. So strength training, there's nothing better that you can do as far as exercise goes other than strength training for that insulin sensitivity because you're basically using up fuel in the muscle and then you're signaling your body store more in there. So insulin has to deliver that. It's just mechanically creating transport of energy into there as a recovery from your workout, depending on the intensity or the, the, the length of your workout. Um, so that's huge right there for long-term health. As far as, I mean, just being stronger, signaling to your body, you need lean mass. So mm-hmm. you, it's use it or lose it when it comes to muscle especially as we age, yeah. If and if you're over 40, you know what I'm talking about. You know that it just doesn't stick well, and once it's gone, it's a lot harder to put back oh, on yeah. than when you were in college. Y- you have to tell your body you want to hold on to muscle. It's the only way your body stores protein, really, in any significant way, or stores really insulin sens- that insulin sensitive mass that helps you move, it helps you store fuel, you've got two choices for fuel storage. Glycogen in and muscle and, mm-hmm. and a little in the liver but glycogen and muscle, that's your choice or fat in your fat cells. Mm-hmm. Where would you rather store most of your fuel or a lot of your fuel? I mean, let's face it, most of us would like to have a little more in the muscle, a little less in the fat cells.
0: Right, exactly.
1: And so that's what you're creating. You're creating a stimulant for storing fuel in muscle rather than in fat cells and just, I think mentally, emotionally, you're gonna feel better about yourself when you feel like you've not only just done the workout, you've accomplished something, that sense of I've moved something, I've created work, but the benefits that you see when you're holding more muscle, you feel stronger, you move better, you feel your body more in touch with your body, you're more connected to it because you've awakened those nerves that mm-hmm. connect to motor units which activate the muscle you're reconnecting to your body Good like body awareness body awareness movement i mean that's a certain amount if you don't move you're going to lose a certain amount of, of, of proprioceptive mm-hmm.
0: just you know, insight into insight, your physical yeah. body
1: right and mm-hmm. the ability just to, and to move well to react your reflexes your bite your ability to handle a situation like you step off a curve and suddenly you see a car coming and you want to step back quickly anything like that or, mm-hmm. or, or playing with kids or it's just it's how your body moves. And again, if you don't use it, you lose it from your nervous system all the way to your muscle tissue. And, and that connects to, all those nerves connect to your brain. Mm-hmm. So really, I could go on about the benefits, but you're reconnecting your body to your brain, essentially.
0: Yeah, and I always say that the human body was designed to be in motion. For sure. And if it's not moving in a way that prepares you to move effectively and efficiently and powerfully you will lose the ability it goes beyond use it or lose it like biceps yeah why don't about you that. lose the ability to walk with an ideal gait, Yeah. to jump with ideal spring to pick up your suitcase correct
1: pick up your child correct do some yard work when your wife asks you to do a chore and you want to look like you can handle it in front of your wife you know like, i can lift that honey once you're Your
0: 14-year-old son coming over and showing you up, you know? Yeah. So in a lot of ways, this is actually, and I, this is a real longevity strategy as well because you're sending a definitive signal to your body that the expectation is we're going to move yeah, and we're not losing the ability to move and we're not going to lose the ability to move in a powerful way. No, I love that. And you can see really quickly how strength training becomes one of these health multipliers. We're talking about if we were just gonna do one thing and we were gonna improve the efficacy and and strategic approach to our strength training regimen as a man, especially over 40, Mm -hmm. it's not just about getting more muscle. Although, if done correctly, that is a usual byproduct. Right. But we're improving performance based metrics. We're improving our mindset and, and our psychology, how we feel, our confidence level. We're improving metabolic efficiency mm-hmm. and resisting metabolic disease by lifting weights properly. Yeah. It's a singular action yielding tons of benefit that in my opinion, touch every aspect of the human experience, kind of mind, body, spirit. It, right. it touches all of them. The second multiplier You and I have spent countless hours talking about, and that's testosterone therapy for men over 40. I mean, this is anyone who's listened or consumed any of my content knows that I'm a huge fan, especially for men over 40 and absolutely for men who are over 40 and symptomatic of suboptimal testosterone environments. Mm. Testosterone is the primary hormone that influences the masculine experience. And once again, an optimized testosterone environment for a man over 40 creates impact in every aspect of his life. Obviously, the most famous would be performance-based metrics, stronger, better in the bedroom, better in the gym. Right. But it doesn't stop there. That's almost like, yeah, okay, but that's the surface. When we get into the mindset and the psychology of a male, especially if that male is somewhere on that alpha spectrum, Mm -hmm. a real leader, Mm -hmm. a high drive man, you lose your edge in a suboptimal testosterone environment. In the beginning, you tend to kind of just say, oh, you know, I'm 40. Oh, it's the kids. Oh, it's the job. Oh, it's Mm -hmm. and you run out of things to blame and you start walking into these boardrooms and saying, I don't have it. Mm -hmm. And you become very vulnerable to compensate. Over-indexing on behaviors that have an outward appearance of still having it, but really, you don't have it. Mm -hmm. You know, you spend way too much on a car. You develop some bad habits. You do some high-risk behavior. You start acting totally out of character just to prove to yourself and others that you still have it when you don't. Mm. It can get really, really sideways for men who feel terrible. And then metabolic disease for testosterone. We talked—you just shared— the significant impact strength training has on metabolic disease resistance, specifically insulin resistance, which is the gateway physiology to basically 80% of Western diseases. Right. Once you start ignoring insulin, game's on. Diabetes is around the corner. You're feeding cancer cells. It's like yeah. heart disease, stroke, metabolic disease, obesity, obesogenic diseases. Like it's kind of a dumpster fire pretty quickly. But insulin resistance is the gateway physiology. Once that flips and you start resisting that insulin, you open the door for metabolic disease. And strength training really helps that because at the level of skeletal muscle, Mm. you are increasing insulin sensitivity, which are your greatest defense mechanisms for insulin resistance because you have all these skeletal muscles. And if they're hyper insulin sensitive, it's gonna be really hard for you to develop resistance. Yeah well if you don't have an optimal testosterone environment it's going to be very hard for you to have an optimal lean mass it is going to be very hard for you to m- build and maintain and preserve optimal skeletal muscle volume oh yeah and so while strength training in a suboptimal testosterone environment is better better than not strength training when you strength train In an optimal testosterone environment, what happens is you now get the compounding effect of two health multipliers converging, which creates a whole nother flywheel of impact without doing anything extra. Right. So you've got the strength training. So you've got the demolition. You've got the destruction. You've got the things that you need, but you also have the downstream hormonal environment to... What I would call create this optimal infrastructure mm-hmm. we are strong powerful upright moving creatures we need our bones and our muscles and connective tissue to be powerful otherwise we're finished yeah we're not talking about draperies and paint and we're talking about foundation yeah. and framework and wiring the infrastructure of the human experience and So not only do strength training and testosterone replacement therapy provide their own impact and multiplication, but when you layer them together, you get this exponential impact. For sure. The third bucket to this, what I would call silver bullet for men, even though there's no such thing as a silver bullet, it's the closest thing to a silver bullet when these three things are combined for men, especially men over 40 who wanna make massive impact in their overall life experience, health journey, by not being overwhelmed on focusing on too many things, and that's your specialty, and you've taught me more than anybody in my journey around intermittent fasting. Mm. Yeah. And this is a topic that I don't grow tired of. It's two years now running where it has been the singular most interesting topic to me in all of health. I, this is one of those topics where the further from the shore I get, the, the deeper I see its impact. Yes, this is not some like well, it's good to a certain point. There are some caveats to fasting for certain people in certain situations where it doesn't make sense. or the benefits may not outweigh some of the risk for but it's a very small subset of people. Yeah. The overwhelming majority of people would benefit from adopting a what I would call a fasted lifestyle as a basic thesis for how they eat, right. I'm going to let you talk about fasting because this is really your lane. Tell me about your thoughts on fasting. Why is it such a big deal? In the context of this conversation, how is it so impactful?
1: Oh my gosh. So, (laughs) and how deep do we want to go on that? But it's just just go. I'll tell you in terms of prevention of disease, that's what you're looking at for the big picture, long term. Because of one, the impact, like you just mentioned, the impact on insulin sensitivity that it has, it, re, it resets that. It allows us to burn fat uh, and burn fat more effectively than we would if we're eating six or seven times a day over the course of 15 plus hours, like many people do. Like, mm-hmm. actually, the majority of people do. Like,
0: everyone's been told to eat for the it, last 30 they've years.
1: They've been told to eat. And they absolutely, you know, when they pull them, that's what they do. They eat from the time they get up till the time they go to bed. Mm-hmm. And... Yes, and there's been like this bodybuilder kind of thought process that came in of eating so often, and it really infiltrated health and wellness, dietitians. Uh, everybody it sort of took this on for a population that is not one working out like a bodybuilder, is not measuring their food like a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. doesn't have the same goals as a bodybuilder. It's not.
0: Isn't on synthetic steroids. It's like on
1: synthetic steroids like a like a bodybuilder, and is really in need of just weight loss and long term right. health and maintenance. There's nothing about it that helps with long-term health or weight loss or weight control. And it's certainly not something that you just say, yeah, just eat. And and with no control, with no other control metric on Mm -mm. there, that's a recipe for disaster. And that's what we have currently. If you look around, most people don't fast and well, 70% of us are overweight, right? Mm -hmm. So fasting allows us to basically gets us out of the way Gets out of the way so that our bodies can do what it's meant to do, which is when we're not eating, it can regulate its own blood sugar through, as you know, liver glycogen, burning fat, ketones. We activate a fuel system in our bodies that we're born with. We're, we were using from the point of birth.
0: Which, by the way, we have by design yeah, by design. for something for called a famine Yeah, <laughs> that we used to have in the human experience. Or just the need to go find food. Long periods of time.
1: Even if it's. Six hours yes. because
0: it's not as soon as you get out of bed.
1: Open the fridge, there it is. Open the pantry, there it is. We haven't lived that way until the last hundred years,
0: yep. if that, and, and 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 maybe even in the last sixty to seventy since the fifties right. when really? mass agriculture really right. got to scale.
1: Right when we got out of the depression and things yes. were was like we had a little more of abundance, but it's just we just haven't had it right out your door or right in your kitchen all the time. There was, and even then. We were eating three meals a day then, up and through the 50s and 60s. It was three meals a
0: day, probably within a 12-hour window. That's- 6A to 6P. Yes. That's a healthy window. Yeah. It would be very hard in an otherwise active period of time when you're not eating to to have all three of your meals from 6AM to 6PM and you ate the majority of real food because processed foods weren't totally at scale in, in the 50s. Right.
1: So we ate real food, Three meals a day. You didn't snack because your mother told you you ruined dinner. It was bad for you. Correct. Whatever. And people, you know, and and sugar was not in abundance. Sodas were expensive, and you had one a week. Maybe you go down to the store and get one. It wasn't like,
0: High fructose corn syrup yep. wasn't in 90% of the items in right. the grocery store. They right. used cane sugar. It was very expensive. So there's some accountability and right. rate-limiting variables because sugar was expensive. Right. And we did not have the obesity that we have. Not, not even close. Not even close to the No, overweight. actually, I always quote, this is an incredible epidemiological statistic, that the obesity rate in 1950 was under 5%. Like three, four, five, five. 5. That's amazing. Yeah. We are approaching 35% obesity oh, yeah. nationwide for adults. And about 25%
1: uh, insulin-resistant or pre-diabetic.
0: Yeah, and we have a 25% of our adult population is diabetics, and it's presumed another 25% are diabetic undiagnosed. Wow. And then you have another 25% that are metabolic syndrome, insulin-resistant, sprinting to diabetes. So that means one in four people in America, roughly, are not obese or insulin-resistant. That's, yeah. What? That's like. A- Yep. That's a massive shift in 50 to 60 years of human experience when all of documented human history, it didn't really change that much how we ate. Right. We haven't had time to adapt in a way that would be resistant to diseases of abundance. And when you look at the diseases that we're dealing with, metabolic disease are all diseases of too much.
1: Well, and we could see that if you look back enough, you could see that in royalty in Egypt. You see it in royalty in yes. Europe. So when there was abundance, there was disease. Yes, When there is... So it's just we cannot... We don't survive in abundance. But if you look... You can easily correlate the onset of high fructose corn syrup, the free meal frequency, our current nutrition mm-hmm. guidelines, with the obesity, overweight epidemic, and, and insulin resistance. All that can easily correlate in a timeline mm-hmm. perfectly. What we... When you... Begin to restrict how often you eat and the number of hours in the day that you eat, okay? So we're not talking about you got to go seven days without eating food to get a health benefit. We're talking about 16 hours, 15, 16 hours to get to – especially if you want to reverse something, if you're trying to turn something around, okay? If you're good where you are and you're happy and you can do three meals a day in a 12-hour window, Awesome because you're doing better than 90% of the population at that point.
0: And you're, by the way, you're not trying to reverse metabolic disease. You're not trying, you're trying, to, trying reverse, to prevent
1: it. Yeah, you're trying to prevent it. You're at a prevention Which is mode a totally and totally totally strategy. and that's awesome. But if you're trying to make some headway or kind of reverse something that has begun happening or you're trying to just make a change, you, you might have to step on the gas a little bit. you got to do mm-hmm. a little bit extra. But for me personally, it's something, I'm great where I am as far as body composition, muscle, like that. And I still practice it because of, the long-term health benefits, the the control it gives me, the mental control it gives me over mm-hmm. my food choices. I am not dominated by my food or I'm not in fear of not getting a meal. I'm not overwhelmed by when I see something I want to eat and I'm like, oh, I've got to have – it's like it there's I have a self-control because of the fasting mm-hmm. practice mm-hmm. that has allowed me to put up boundaries that are now part of my life where it's like I burn fat. If I'm not eating, I'm burning fat. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. I can go dinner to dinner. On a, I do that once a week just practice, but I can do that without really an issue. Just mm-hmm. stay hydrated. I'm good. That was something that my body adapted to, be, and now it burns fat more efficiently. So that's what we're talking about. Is let's, if we can just compress into a lunch and dinner kind of time frame, allowing the body to basically, it's like a metabolic workout. Think of mm-hmm. it that way. You are creating an environment where your body has to rely on its current stores of energy, because that's what we're talking about is energy, mm-hmm. current stores of energy to get you through your day, your chores of the day, where it's work, going to the store, whatever it is you do, get through your activity. Most of us don't have a lot of super intense activity Mm-mm. throughout our day. It's something we can do in a very moderate level and it doesn't take a lot of energy. We don't have a lot, we're not sprinting to the store, you know? So Mm -mm. it's allowing our body, which is, as you said, meant to do. We're built, it's built in. We're burning fat. We're regulating our blood sugar. We're not relying on snacks to regulate our blood sugar. We are getting out of the way and letting it do what it's supposed to do. And in the process, really allowing on a cellular level something we've talked about is is something called autophagy. So Mm -hmm. basically, we are allowing cellular cleanup of damaged. Tissue or damaged cellular. Parts. Inefficient
0: suboptimal, Sub, yeah, suboptimal cells. Yeah.
1: And things get damaged because that's part of aging. That's just part of metabolism. There's oxidation. There's cell membranes that get damaged. And so it allows those damaged cell parts really to be broken down, recycled into the creation of new ones on the Fed's, once we're on the Fed side, and the elimination of those damaged or subpar cellular tissue
0: and you can see how chronic disease begins to set in because if you're never in an environment where suboptimal or damaged or faulty cellular tissue would be eliminated you propagate and you keep you keep alive and sustained th- these inefficient cellular right components and look i mean what is cancer cancer is uncontrolled cell growth right when your cell loses the ability to control and regulate its own reproduction.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: Uh, Fasting has plenty of documented anti-cancer properties. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is a faulty, dysregulated, normal human function that in in a regular, stressful, metabolically stressful environment, it would be unlikely that that cell would... thrive. Right. Yeah. And you talk about that being, um, metabolic stress. And you told me that while we were working out one time, two or three years ago, and I had to put the weights up and I'm like, what did you say? Metabolic stress. You, yeah. Well, that's the beauty of coming into a fasted workout because you're already in a stressful metabolic, you're already putting stress on. Your adipose tissue, your skeletal muscles are hyper ready for the next time you eat. They're depleted of glycogen. It's a stressful metabolic environment. And then you come into the gym and then you put those muscles that are already metabolically stressed under mechanical stress. And it's the combination of mechanical stress with metabolic stress that really accelerates this autophagy and insulin sensitization Mm -hmm. that takes place. It creates... And a hormone response as well. Yeah. Well, I can't remember what you, you you said. I'm just remembering it now. I didn't put it in my notes because I didn't remember it until right now. But you said it's like l- loading. Like, do you remember what you said? <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't <have. laughs> But you're creating such a significant yeah. r- response that it loads – your biochemistry after the workout to get this surge of hormonal response, right? like spring-loading. Those are the words, you're you, okay. spring-loading the muscles and, and spring-loading your biochemistry to really be ready to jump into that recovery.
1: Yeah, and they're hyper-insulin sensitive yes. because you've really taken on the glycogen. You're not, like pre-workout, I see these people talking about who are trying to lose weight or working out for their health, and they're talking about their pre-workout, which has got some level of like- Sugar and sugar caffeine. Sugar in it. And I'm like, yeah, if you want a little caffeine or, or I mean, Fine. but if your if your goal unless you are really bulking for some reason as a bodybuilder a pre workout has no business mm-hmm. in your routine you, you're trying to create an energy deficit in the muscle you're trying to use energy you have in your muscle you don't need to any energy you add <laughs> to your body is energy you're not going to burn from what you already got stored so if you can put stress on glycogen levels you can ramp up your metabolism it's like we can't keep up throw everything on the fire including the get, fat,
0: including that fat. you want to get rid of
1: aerobic and anaerobic is ramped up to the point that it's going as fast as it can and next time it just might have the ability to go a little bit faster it might yeah. have to be a get little there more quicker. efficient mm-hmm. because you're putting stress on it you're creating yeah. a demand and it has to get more efficient that's why marathon runners who run all the time can run at you know 12 miles an hour they're finishing marathons at two hours that's insane right i know it's an energy and their heart rate's 105. It's energy. Just cli- yeah it's crazy it's energy it's just your body learning how to move energy in a certain direction mm-hmm. that's all you're doing it's just you're using stored fuel most of us want to burn off our stored fuel throw away the stuff in the bottle that you're and, and people dry. Uh, it's just eating the powder like that's gonna kind of, make some cool and, and do you have any idea what you're doing? You're undermining your physical efforts mm-hmm. f- for, a- and really taking away the real benefit of the stress you're creating. Mm-hmm. And again, it's the metabolic combined with the mechanical that creates that, you know, the, the blood is like rushing to bring energy to those muscles, right? So you get oxygen, you get the hormone response. When you do eat, it's, it's, it's going right to those muscles, it's not going to fat cells. Mm-hmm. It's an activator for an increased, the perfect metabolic response, really.
0: I I couldn't agree more. So we've talked a lot about its impact in reversing and um, resistance against metabolic disease. We've talked about obviously performance-based metrics that improve. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I did not anticipate but now is very clear to me is from a simplification of a daily activity that every human on the planet is navigating, and that is meal decision making. And I've been taught that complexity is the enemy of execution, which I believe deeply. Simplicity is the key. Right. We're all on the verge of overwhelm and things jockeying for our attention all day long, professionally, personally, through our life. Mm-hmm. There is an incredible relief that takes place. You alluded to it when you basically said you're the captain of your ship. like. You are in charge of the dietary consumption and you get to make the decisions and the pings of hunger don't necessarily dictate when you eat or when you don't eat that you're actually in full control. And what that does, not only from a psychological alpha, I will feed you when it's time to feed you, Mm -hmm. you are designed to get to the fat, go get the fat, but simplification of your day. It's just something that once you become kind of a fasted person. Yeah. I, I think about food totally different than I ever have my whole life because not only am I in control, which is a huge thing, Yeah. but it's, I don't have to think about it as often, right? which allows me to think about other critical things. And when I do need to make really good decisions around food. I haven't been making decisions about food all day, so I don't have any fatigue around the topic. It takes a fraction of the discipline, or people are like, Aaron, it's easy for you because you're so disciplined. (sighs) No, 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 you're confused. Like, (laughs) I I have a normal amount of discipline, but I have created an environment, in large part due to fasting, where I don't have to deploy any of my discipline because it ain't a debate. Now when it is time to make discipline choices, I have to deploy some discipline, but it's a fraction because I only have to do it once or maybe twice. It's just not something I debate. So I don't have to be disciplined because it's not something that I'm even considering. It's off the table. And that energy preservation, the elimination of decision fatigue, which is a real thing. Most people when they fail and blow up their day it's the end of the day. Oh sure. It's the booze. It's the ice cream. Yeah. It's, it's the bag after of M and M's. Right. I already ate three meals a day, and it's eleven, and I'm drinking, and I'm on my phone, and I can't go to sleep. So I should have some Ben and Jerry's. Wait one more scoop. Hey, those peanuts look pretty good. Let me have some of those while I'm locking up the door, and then a little scoop of peanut butter. it spirals in the yeah. last thirty to forty-five minutes before bed. Yeah. And if you so this is where just incremental improvements in energy reserve at the very end of the day. Do you play golf?
1: No, my, my wife does actually. Okay, so
0: th- there's a saying from a guy who trained me. He, he said, Aaron, golf is an interesting game. It's not about your good holes. It's about how bad your bad holes are. <laughs> yeah, right? It's the blow up holes. Yeah, You could have one blow up hole in a round and your score is going to be terrible it's not really about getting pars and bogeys and pars and bogeys and yeah maybe an occasional birdie it's about how many tens are you getting right right <laughs> you know? yeah. like it's the blow up that i find most people if we could just eliminate the disaster moments they're moments they're not even days they're just moments in a day yeah and most of the time, those disaster moments are fueled in a day where you're just so fatigued. You've had it. It's been right. a rough day at work. The kids are, you know, just uh, all yeah. these
1: things. And you're like, bah. It's a med- it's a self-medication usually. Yes.
0: It's usually a medi- there's a medicinal, you're medicating something. Yeah. You know? And
1: that's not being critical of any no, no. person because we've all done I, it. I, I, <laughs> we all do it. I, and, I find
0: myself yeah. doing the same thing from yeah. time to time. But yeah. I'm the difference is now I'm aware of it and I audit, ah. What's really going on here? Yeah. We Do I really it. want yeah. another scoop of ice cream? I just had a scoop of ice cream. Hmm. Actually, I'm just nervous about tomorrow. And maybe have some quiet time and think about tomorrow. And it's a much more Productive beneficial. Way of, yeah. So we talked about strength training and fasting, creating this optimal mechanical and metabolic stress. When we have fasting and testosterone therapy, we're creating an optimal neuron hormonal environment. So You know, when we zoom out from this topic, as we're wrapping up, Zane, all we're talking about is implementing and committing to a journey of progress over perfection. Right. How long have you been fasting? Just over 10 years. Right. And you're still tweaking the dials. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. How long have you been training, strength training?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, 30 years? Close. Just 35 five maybe (laughs) do you have the market cornered on truth on that Uh, uh, no
0: but each day each year the goal is get a little bit better get a little bit smarter a little bit stronger a little bit bit safer get older (laughs) (laughs) get smarter and and it's the same thing with testosterone therapy I'm learning more and more Mm -hmm. about it this is not a journey of perfection it's a journey of progress over perfection Mm -hmm. but we don't need to be confused on what we focus on there are three things in my opinion, that matter the most in the masculine journey. And that is getting your head around your strength training strategy. And if you don't have your person, get your person, get a trainer, have somebody help you do it in a way that is maximizes your efforts. If you are over 40 and you identify with any of the symptoms of suboptimal testosterone, get your levels checked, get them optimized Mm -hmm. and really commit to figuring out what a fasted lifestyle means for you. If you can commit to those three things and those three things alone, and then realize that this is a journey of progression and not of mastery and perfection, it will serve you long into your life with increased productivity, decreased disease and suffering, and just an overall increase in vitality, joy, and fulfillment. For sure. I just cannot think of another thing that individually would compete with any of these three things, but collectively as as the nearest to a silver bullet as I can find strength training, testosterone therapy, and a fasted lifestyle are really the ultimate health multipliers for men. For sure. Zane, I appreciate you in so many ways, but your ability to help us think about strength training as, as a guy who this you've been living, breathing, existing in the fitness world in some capacity for 25 plus years. I know what you do for our private members uh, on a one-on-one level and it's nothing short of just magical to watch. And I appreciate you being willing to share some of your insight on strength training and fasting and helping us kind of tie this concept together. And I hope that this episode is useful for the folks listening to this. And I hope that they're encouraged, that although dramatic and impactful, this is actually quite simple. Mm, it is. It's not e- It's not easy to walk out, but it is simple. It's a simple plan. But the most powerful things are usually the most simple. There's an elegance to simplicity yeah. when you have the main things kind of identified and you're progressing incrementally on the things that are most essential, you move the needle far more dramatically than the up and down and backwards and sideways and stalls and all that come with not knowing what to really focus on. So, absolutely. any famous last words as we wrap up?
1: Oh, I just appreciate you coming here and giving me a chance to talk about it because I truly think it's not talked about, even after all these years, Mm -hmm. it's still not talked about enough. It's completely overlooked. It's most of what we're talking about when you're combining these things they, they just don't they're not thought of as a lifestyle that most people could do but they certainly absolutely are they're not for a rare few they would benefit as you said the majority mm-hmm. of people and they're as simple to implement and so I just I, I hope uh, I appreciate you allowing me to talk about it to to just show how simple it can be mm-hmm. and effective simple and effective and it can be for short term weight loss and long term
0: health so I mean I should just get the word out love it man Thanks again. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for your attention. Listen, I don't take it for granted. It means the absolute world to me. You can find out more about today's episode at BrentwoodMD.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, all the related links to this episode and tons of other resources. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And if you've already subscribed, then it would mean so much to me if you left a review. If you think we'd be a good fit to work together, or you would just simply like to know more about the concierge services that I provide my private clients, email us at membership at BrentwoodMD.com. And now for the obligatory disclaimer, this podcast is for general information only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or the giving of medical advice as no doctor patient relationship has been formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should seek the advice of their own medical professional providers.